through us and through me, God. As your vessel, Lord God. Deposited in our spirit, Lord God. As we are on the edge, on the verge, on the brink, on the precipice of crossing over into 2024, Lord God. Thank you that it was no accident that we are here, God. But it's according to your perfect plan. And that we walk out in your purpose in our lives, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we will forever give you the praise for it, Lord God. We give you the praise, but we don't take it for granted, Lord God. We don't take it for granted. We don't take you for granted, Lord God. So speak to us today. Speak to us, Father. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. My hallelujah truly belongs to him. I don't know about yours, but mine truly does belong to him because he didn't have to do it. But I am so glad that he did. It what saved me. Raised me, picked me up, turned me around, set my feet on solid ground. And it just makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. I give you the honor and the praise, and it just makes me want to shout. Amen. Amen. So at the beginning of the 2023 of this year, the Holy Spirit told us that this year would be our year of recovery, restoration, and revival, right? And when he said it, I got excited and thought this year would be very different than it has been. Much less has it as felt. Amen. As a church family and in our individual families, we have been through a lot yes. this year. Yes. Can I get a witness? Yes, <laughs> We have been through a lot this year. And to be honest with you, can I be very honest with you? I hadn't felt that we have recovered or have been restored or have been revived until the Holy Spirit spoke through Minister Perlene a couple weeks ago with a short sermon, a short word that said, or a phrase that said, it was a setup. It was a setup. One thing about God is he often operates differently than we think he will operate. He does things differently than we would have done it. Though his way is always the best way because he's God and he can see the future because he's already there while he's yet in our present coming from the past. So God is able to see everything that he sees far into what we cannot see. And so as I pondered on what that meant and as I was preparing for what he was going to say today, the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to cross over into the new year by standing up, lifting your head, squaring your shoulders, Girding up your loins and walk with kingdom authority into 2024. Yeah. He said, stand up, lift up your head, square your shoulders, gird up your loins and walk with kingdom authority in 2024. Now, Pastor Donnie McClurkin recorded and released a song with lyrics along these lines. I'm walking in authority, living life without apology, 
It's not wrong, dear. I belong here, so you might as well get used to me. The verse says, my mother may not be the queen, but my father's king of everything. I'm adopted into the family, so I guess that makes me royalty. And he has given me dominion, yes. Power over men, them, yes. Everything I do is blessed. He promised me some great success. I am in authority with the God of the majority, living in my liberty, so you might as well get used to me. I'm walking in authority, living life without apology. It's not wrong, dear. I belong here, so you might as well get used to me. So declare this week. Declare this with me. I am walking with, I am walking with kingdom, authority kingdom authority into, into 2024. 2024. Let's say it like you mean it. Say, I am walking with, walking with kingdom, authority kingdom authority into 2024. Say, I am walking with kingdom authority into 2024. And now you can need to tell the devil, it's not wrong, dear. I belong here. Amen. Instead of him being a thorn in my flesh, I'm going to be a thorn in his. I heard it said this. When I get when 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 we get up, the devil always say, darn, they're up again. So instead of being backing off, I'm pressing in. And I'm walking in 2024 with kingdom authority. We're going into Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Now Luke was a doctor according to Colossians 4 and 14. He was also a Greek and a Gentile believer. He is the only known Gentile author in the New Testament. He was a close friend and a companion of Paul. He also wrote the book of Acts and the two books that go together. Now, the purpose of his gospel is to present an accurate account of the life of Christ as a perfect human and savior. Now, his original audience for who his gospel and also the book of Acts was addressed to was this man named Theophilus, who was apparently a person of high social status who perhaps had some money. Now, as we are about to read, Luke alone recorded that Jesus gave the twelve power, which is dunamis in the Greek, which means strength and spiritual ability, and it is the root word of our English words dynamite, dynamo, and dynamic. He gave it to the twelve, and authority, which is exousia in the Greek, which means delegated authority and the right to exercise power. Now, the parallel gospel accounts only refer to authority, but in both his gospel and in the book of Acts, Luke stressed the validation of the gospel preaching that had signs and wonders that followed it. Yes. Now, it's important to note that Luke was also a doctor. So when there was a healing or miracles that taken place, it was important because out of his scientific mind, he wouldn't be able to understand it but in his disciple mind, or discipleship mind, he understood that this had to be the power of God 
that done these things that confirmed the word that was just preached. Amen? I said this before, the difference between God and the doctor, God knows that he is not a doctor. <laughs> Sometimes doctors don't know that they aren't God. But Dr. Luke understood the miracles and the signs and the wonders that followed him. Now, the disciples was, and our primary duty is, to preach the kingdom of God which is the same message that Jesus preached. And later on, Paul preached that same message. It's the kingdom of God. And, and, and it was uh, the reason why they preached the kingdom of God and preached the way they did, it was their way of showing the Jews that God was behind their preaching. And the way that he showed that was the performance of miracles. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen? In other words, they did what Jesus did by following his precedent, and as they did, we are to demonstrate that same, follow that same precedent, because what it shows is not only uh, care for their souls, but also care for their physical bodies. There was no other disciple more qualified to write about the healing power of God than Dr. Luke. So Luke chapter 9 verse 1 says, then he called his what? Twelve disciples. And that includes Judas. Yeah. He did what? He called them together. And gave them, including Judas, power and authority over what? All devils. And to cure diseases. Yeah. And he not only gave them that authority, then he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to do what? Heal the sick. Let me put a pen there. The, the gift that God or the authority that he has given us, we are not just to sit on it. We are supposed to go out and do the work. Because Jesus didn't go with them. He sent them empowered with authority and power to go and do the work. Hmm? And then Jesus said, and, and he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread or food, or neither money, neither have two coats of peace. In other words, don't worry about the provisions that you're going to need. I have taken care of it. All you do is all you need to do is go. Go and do it. What you need has been taken care of, and don't take nothing extra because you won't need it. Mm. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide or dwell until thence apart. In other words, you go to that house, you stay at the house, and you leave only from that house. And then he goes on to say, and whosoever will not receive you, which you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. In other words, everybody won't get what you put down. So that's a great lesson. We can't save everybody. The disciples that Jesus empowers, he is telling them, you won't be able to save. Everybody won't believe your message. But what you are to do is shake the dust off of your feet, keep it moving, and then allow them to deal with God themselves. All we are to do is to give it to them. We can't make them do anything. And guess what the disciples did? 
And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel of the good news and healing everywhere. Amen? Amen. Now, before we go any further, we need to define what kingdom authority means. Dr. Tony Evans defines it as the sovereign and comprehensive rule of God over all of his creation. It's the sovereign and comprehensive rule of God over all his creation. He goes on to say, kingdom authority is the divinely implanted, authorized right and responsibility delegated to disciples to act on God's behalf in spiritually ruling over his creation under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So if you are a believer who is being transformed into a disciple and now are a disciple, we are spiritually in charge. Okay? We are not in the minority. We are in the majority. Why? Because we got God and all the hosts of heaven behind us, okay? Believers are given authority to rule in God's kingdom under his direction and in accordance with his will and purposes. We are given the authority to rule in God's kingdom under his direction and in accordance with his will and purpose. As believers, this is the key part, we gain access to this authority through Jesus Christ. Amen? And, and because, and, 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 and the one thing about Jesus Christ, he secured our power and authority. How did he secure it? He secured all power by going to the cross, dying a horrible death, suffering the penalty for sin, and defeating Satan in the pit of hell. He, 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 he secured it by going to the cross, dying a horrible death, suffering for sin, and de de defeating Satan in the pit of hell, and also not staying in the pit of hell, he rose again on the what? Third day. He came to earth as a man for one reason, to recapture the authority that Satan had stolen through Adam's disobedience in the garden. The Bible calls him the last Adam. In other words, we don't need another sacrifice for our sins. We don't need another person to go to the cross. We don't need another person to go defeat Satan in the pit of hell. Jesus did it. And he secured our power and authority forever. Hallelujah. But he not only gave it to his disciples, but he gave it over into those believers that believe on him in the book of Acts. Right? But you shall receive what? Power. After what? The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And then you shall go. And then you shall go. And then you shall go. And at the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, when they were all gathered in one place, it came down like fire, right? So it was not only, I said all that to say this, it was not only for them. It's for us, too. It did not die with them. It's kept alive through us. Amen. And because of it, we can expect victory.
victory over the powers of darkness and their operations, according to Luke, 9, Luke 10, 19. And we have been assigned to do business as authorized representatives of the Lord until he returns. Authorized representatives. We are promised the Father's pleasure to give us the kingdom, and that is to supply us with peace and his power, according to Luke chapter 12, verse 32. The bottom line is that power, authority, and dominion has been given to us. And we can expect, we, but you can only expect to see the spiritual breakthroughs to the degree you receive and apply that authority. Hmm? You can only see those spiritual breakthroughs to the degree that you're able to apply them. And how can you apply them? That means you have to be praying. That has to be, we, we have to be preaching and teaching and in our personal ministry. So, how do you walk into kingdom authority into 2024? Number one is, you need to know your identity in Jesus. You need to know your identity in Jesus. Let's go over to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It says this. Or let's look at 19. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. He goes on to say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, as you know, over the summer uh, and, and into the fall, we had a Kingdom Living Discipleship class taught mostly by Pastor Tracy based on a book written by Dr. Tony Evans titled Kingdom Living, The Essentials of Spiritual Growth. Now, one of the illustrations he used in the chapter titled Identity, the Key to Kingdom Living, he used an elephant in the circus. He wrote, if you have ever been to a circus, then you have probably seen the elephant. It always amazes me when I was at a circus looking at these enormous elephants weighing several tons. Each of them was kept in place by a single chain wrapped around one foot tied to a small stake. Now, any one of those elephants could have easily ripped that stake out of the ground and run away. But that almost never happened because circus elephants have been conditioned to forget who they are. Their identity has been taken away. He goes on to say, by that I mean that these elephants have been trained since they were babies to submit when they feel a tug of that chain on their legs. The trainer has conditioned the elephants to accept their chains so they can be trained and controlled and put on display for the entertainment of others. This system works so well that whenever a circus elephant exercises power, to throw off its chains and go on a rampage, videos of it go quickly, videos of it goes viral quickly. Y'all seen those videos, right? Yeah. Much like the elephants in the circus, 
A lot of Christians are being held hostage by a small chain around their ankles that holds them and keeps them from going anywhere. He said, these people go to church, hear about all the power and spiritual authority that God has for them as believers in Jesus Christ, but they can't seem to kick free of the chains holding them back. He goes on to say, I'm convinced that what people in this condition need is not, is not primarily a deliverance service, but an identity check. They don't need to be delivered. They need an identity check. They need to understand who they are in Christ. God did not go through the trouble of saving you just so the world, the flesh, or the devil could chain you up and make you perform at their demand. Hmm? God created you with a specific purpose in mind in order to live out this purpose, it's important to understand your true identity as a believer. Your spiritual identity is the key to, the, to kingdom living and walking in, walking with authority into 2024. You need to know who you are. More importantly, whose you are. And stop letting the devil tug your chain on your ankle with this little stake in the ground to control you and put you on display in an ungodly way. You need to know your authority. Know your identity. But one of the things we did learn in class is just because your spirit has been saved, your soul is late getting that message. And because of that, your flesh can rise up and lead you where you don't want to go and do what you don't want to do. So crucifying your, you have to crucify your flesh, yourself, daily sometimes, right? Or more times. In your daily life, you must regularly crucify your sinful desires that keep you from following Jesus. How you got to do it? When you got to do it? How often? Daily. Another place Paul says that you need to put your body into subjection. And when you realize that your body is his temple, that it does not belong to you, you are easy, it, it, you, it can be, you, you, it can be easier to crucify your flesh. But you need to know who you are. Your identity. You need to have an identity check. So I'm asking you today, who are you? Who are you? Who do you belong to? Who is leading you? Who is controlling you? Is that chain on your ankle with that small stake holding you? Are you ready to do a rampage like that elephant and get free from that chain? The only way to do that, that elephant remembered who he was and how big he is and how little that chain is. And he, and he goes on a rampage. It's time to go on a rampage with Jesus Christ. Amen. So you need to know your identity. Number two, you need to minister and walk from a point or the place of authority. And more specifically, the who 
the name of Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Since it's just coming on the tail, since Christmas season is just is over, and we're ready to cross into the new year, I think we need to read something that we normally read at Christmas time. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost, or she was a virgin. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just or righteous man, and not willing to make her a public example, or he was trying to not do it publicly, was minded to put her away privately or quietly. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And here's the key verse. And he and she shall bring forth or will have a son. And thou or you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people where? From and you shall call his name what? Jesus. And he shall do what? Save his people from their sins. Now, any power attributed to the name of Jesus originates in the person of Jesus. Now, when you believe in Jesus' name, you are trusting in the finished work of the risen Christ on the cross. But let me put it where the ghost can get it, all right? The name Jesus itself is not a magic word. There is nothing special about the arrangement of the letters in his name. Had Jesus not been God in the flesh who lived a perfect life, died for the sins of all who would believe and rose again, we wouldn't even be talking about his name. Any power that believers, any power that we have as believers comes from having faith in who Jesus is and what he does for, for sinners who have been saved by grace through faith. Now let me say this again. Just as, let me reiterate. There is no magical power in the name of Jesus. There is only power in Jesus Christ himself. Amen. All right. There's no magical power in the name of Jesus. I know I'm messing you up. There is no, there is only power in Jesus Christ himself. By simply calling out the name of Jesus, you cannot expect a special power, outcome, or better understanding, or better standing with God. Now, don't get me wrong. His name is precious because as we read, the angel told Joseph, you shall call his name what? Jesus. But not only, he didn't stop there. The angel didn't stop there. For he shall save his people from their sins. So what does that mean? He was more than a great teacher. He was more than an enlightened man. He was more than a worker of miracles. 
He was more than a source of meaning in life. He was more than a self-help guru. He was more than a self-esteem builder. He was more than a political liberator. He was more than a caring friend. He was more than a transformer of cultures. He was more than a purpose for the purposeless. Jesus is the savior of sinners. The saving, healing, protecting, justifying, and redeeming power of God resides in the person of Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus is his name. Yeah. All right? Yeah. It resides in the person of Jesus. But Jesus is his what? Name. So how did this omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent creator of the universe choose to will his power? Talking about God, he willed it through his son, who was born in humble circumstances, a baby with all the power of a king. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus laid down his life to save a wretch like you and me, then exercise his authority to raise it up again so that any who call on his name in faith can receive forgiveness of sin and salvation for all eternity. That is the resurrection power of the Savior. He alone is the force behind his name. His name only holds power if you are a believer. Right. <laughs> if you are not a believer, you can say Jesus all you want. But it will not change things for you unless by faith you become a believer and then his name has power. And then when you as a believer call on the name of Jesus, that's when that name changes from just a name to the person. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3 verse 6 in the New King James says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, specifically. Rise up and walk. In this first recorded miracle performed by the disciples, we are given the key for use by all believers in exercising faith's authority in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That puts the exclamation point. That puts the power and authority behind the name. Hallelujah. Hmm. You know why? And I, I was talking about Jesus, not the name Jesus itself, not being special, not magical letters. Because you got to understand, it was a common name in the Jewish culture. Yeah. <laughs> and even now, you hear people say, Jesus, though it's spelled J-E-S-U-S. Yeah. In other cultures, right? But you can be called Jesus or you can even be called Jesus and still won't have the same power that Jesus Christ of Nazareth had. It's just a name. 
But Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the name that's above all names. Hallelujah. And so, with that, we are invited by God to pray in the name of Jesus, right? Because we're believers, right? And because we're believers, and we have been invited to pray in the name of Jesus, we, have, we can have an expectation that God is going to hear and answer our prayers. The name of Jesus being stepped across our chest or written as, a, as we are written, as we are tablets with his name written on it gives us direct access to God the Father at the throne of mercy and grace. Because we have believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When you pray in the name of Jesus, that means you're praying with his authority and you're asking God the Father to act on your behalf because you have come by faith in the name of his son, Jesus. Praying in Jesus' name means praying in line with Jesus' character and his will. Praying in, the, in Jesus' name demonstrates your faith in God's power to act when you believe that Jesus' name is more than just a grouping of letters, but a representation of who he actually is. Hmm. When you use the name of Jesus that way, you can minister and walk from a point of power. Hallelujah. And the power behind that name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So you need to know your identity in Christ and minister and walk from a point of authority. And then lastly, what you need to do, and we say it all the time, you need to stand on every word. Yeah. Let's go back to Luke chapter 16. I'm about to be done. Luke chapter 16. Y'all all right? Yes, yes. And y'all about ready to walk in authority? With authority? Yes. Yeah. Into 2024? Do you know your identity? Amen. Amen. And you're going to walk and minister from a point of authority? His name? Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 16, verses 14 through 17. And, and you know, this was a dialogue between the Pharisees and Jesus. He said this. Verse 14 says, And the Pharisees also who were covetous, meaning they love money, heard all these things, and they derided or scoffed at him. And he said unto them, You are they which justify yourselves before men, and your pure righteous in front of everybody. But God knoweth your hearts. There's a lot of them out there that have that pious attitude, look, looking down on you, thinking about how wrong you are and how wrong other people are, and looking at everybody else's sin but their own, and judging everybody else's sin but their own, and then have the nerve to look down their righteous nose at you. I don't know if that was easy. <laughs> For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. In other words, what the world honors is detestable in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John since that, since that, what that time? I can't, I roll over the top of it. Time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. This is the key verse. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away 
and one tittle of and one tittle of the law to fill up one tittle of the it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one word, jot or tittle of the law or the word to pass away. Hallelujah. In other words, the word is established and the word will not fail. Heaven and earth can pass away before this word will pass away in other words. As a resurrected king, God's Messiah, and our Savior, the Lord Jesus has given us some of the most important statements concerning the authority and nature of God's word. But because of time, I will not go through all of them, but I want to point out that Jesus confirms the truth that every word of the scriptures were given by God. And the first says, through inspiration, right? He goes so far to make direct reference to the smallest letter, a jot. In some translations, which literally is the word Yod, which is the Hebrew counterpart to our letter I or J, and the smallest punctuation point, a tip. In other words, every word that's in his book, down to the letter I and the small letter J, will not pass away. It's easier for the earth to be removed and cast into the sea, and then for that sea to disappear, then one word of his uh, word to fail. Think about that. We can stand on it. We can stand on it. The world and universe is a big place. Heaven is big. But heaven and earth can pass away easier than the word. Think about that. We allow all these things that appear big to take us down, but God is paying attention to the smallest letter. To the smallest letter. Hallelujah. Affirm from from the smallest letter. Jesus. Hmm. And he affirms that this that every word in the Bible is true and is held secure. There is no room for debate. Jesus believed and taught the absolute verbal inspiration of the Bible and that every word is God-breathed. What did he say in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4? He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or comes out of the mouth of God. And all that to say, if God said it, it will happen. Which means you can stand on his every word. And I don't know about you, but I'm determined to walk in kingdom walk in kingdom authority into 2024 by knowing who I am in him by walking from a point of authority and by standing on his word because another point says he sees to his word he sees to his word he 
He hurries to his word. He runs to his word. He hastens. He's bound to his word. And unlike the elephant, he is not going to unchain himself from his word. Because if he said it, it is so, whether you believe it or not. So I'm walking in kingdom authority into 2024. I don't care what's going to happen to me, what might happen to me, what's about to happen to me, what I'm going through now, and how I don't understand things. I am walking in kingdom authority. Everything in my life is under the comprehensive rule of God, which means we are in dominion and authority, and we walk in his power. Hallelujah. So we don't got to be no milk toast. Mealy mouse. Ant people. We are champions. We are giants. Because of the power that's behind us and the authority that we have. So again, when the devil comes against you, I'm walking authority. It's not wrong there. I belong here. So you might as well get used to me. Instead of you chasing me, I'm chasing you. My daddy is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And how excellent is his name. Hallelujah. But it all begins by being a believer. You don't have access to none of that without being a believer. Hallelujah. So if you don't know him, receive him as your Savior today. Amen. Amen. And if you walked away from him, come back to him today. And if you need a church home, come join us here at Liberty. Amen. Come join us here at Liberty. We are Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching, Bible-standing yes. church. Amen. Amen. We believe every dot and every tittle. And we stand on every dot and every tittle. Amen.